From Infinite Guest, this is Top Score, a weekly visit with contemporary composers and musicians who make video game soundtracks. I'm Emily Reese. Andrew Aversa had an interesting journey to becoming a composer. You know, most composers, maybe not most, but certainly a lot of composers, know from a fairly early age that they want to write music. Andrew didn't. He had taken piano lessons, wasn't really all that into it, but then he started spending time at ocremix.org. OC Remix is a site that lets, you know, normal people like you and me uh, make arrangements of their favorite video game music, submit it to OC Remix for a, a judging panel, and if they like it, they'll put it on their website. So you can discover a lot of music this way. Andrew learned of OC Remix and was inspired to kind of follow suit. Now, Andrew gets jobs from people who loved his music on OC Remix and ended up being people who made games, and now he gets jobs from that. Pretty cool stuff. Without further ado, here's Andrew Aversa. OC Remix is pretty much the reason why I became a, not even just a professional musician, but became a uh, producer of digital music to begin with. I use that. I make that distinction because I took piano lessons for many years, but I had no aspirations of composing music or making music on a computer using audio technology, anything like that, until I heard some of the music on OC Remix, and I was so impressed and I was so fascinated by uh, the use of all these different electronic elements, orchestral elements that uh, when I, a friend of mine brought over a simple music-making program just by chance, the very first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to remix a piece of video game music. And that is what I did. Which piece? It was, uh, I distinctly remember, it was from Fantasy Star 4. It was the battle theme. So uh, that all of my things that I wanted to remix were from Fantasy Star 4 to begin with. But uh, I moved on to other things. But yeah, so, that, so it really was my... Absolutely, the motivation for for wanting to make music, and I wanted to get better because I heard all this great music on OC Remix, and I said to myself, I, I distinctly remember being frustrated. I remember thinking to myself, how my stuff doesn't sound that good yet. I want it to sound that good, and that's what kind of gave me the motivation to keep practicing and getting better. How old were you when that happened? I was about fifteen, so I was in high school, and uh, I remember stumbling upon. OC Remix through Napster back in the day. And it was when we had just gotten broadband internet. So I was able to actually download music and uh, listen to it. So I just picked stuff out because I, I heard Fantasy Star remixes and uh, Castlevania and Final Fantasy and all this stuff that I, I was familiar with those soundtracks just from playing video games. But I hadn't heard them arranged in such a way, and that's what, again, really fascinated me. So that was clearly a turning point for you. From that point forward, 
what about your your life changed then? Because, I mean, if you kind of realize, wait, this is something I want to do, what steps did you take to get into it more? You know, I remember the very first day when my friend came over, uh, you know, the high school friend, and brought this music-making software. We, you know, messed around for a few hours making some simple rhythms. After he left, it's all I did for the rest of the night was work on that track. So... My parents noticed that I was getting interested in this, but they kind of assumed it was sort of a passing phase. And I had already begun, I distinctly remember looking at colleges, I had applied to several colleges already, uh, namely some business and computer science degrees. And so I had to eventually say, I think I want to go into music. My parents were originally not happy to hear that. Sure. <laughs> so uh, sort of another turning point I helped convince them was they had a family friend, or say we have a family friend, um, a composer by the name of Michael Menard. And he is a, uh, he's a composer still to this day, and he, he's written quite a bit for film and TV. And they just happened to know him. And they sort of asked him to talk to me and listen to some of my music and, and just get a sense of, you know, did I have potential? Was I maybe really serious? And he, you know, we chatted and he listened to my stuff and I visited his studio with all this equipment and I was like blown away by all the possibilities. And he eventually said, you know, Andrew really, uh, it seems like he really does have a passion for it and he has potential and uh, he's already making you know pretty good music. So he basically kind of gave his uh, seal of approval and that was a, a turning point. My parents said, okay, Let's go ahead and apply to, to music as well. And sort of, it went from there. That, that was the, the sort of the second thing. So, you know, convincing my parents, getting them on board. Music for the game Globulus. Globulus was, uh, it came from somebody that was a fan of my music on OC Remix, which is how, honestly, a lot of, of what has uh, happened in my professional career has somehow come from OC Remix. So just to mention that again. And they had an interesting variety of influences that they wanted me to incorporate for the soundtrack. They wanted this puzzle game to not have a, a sort of a throwaway soundtrack. So they wanted something that would be really much more engaging. A lot of puzzle games, they, you know, just Bejeweled as an example, um, not to insult the composer of Bejeweled, I'm sure he's very talented, but a lot of the music is very ambient. It's not very melodic, and it's, it's intentionally supposed to sit in the background uh, and be sort of relaxing because you're supposed to play. That's how you play Bejeweled. Now, um, and again, I, I do like that soundtrack. It's just, it's not a melodic soundtrack. They, the Globulus developers, wanted something hearkening back to some of my favorite SNES soundtracks, Super Nintendo. For example, Donkey Kong Country. They really like the sort of atmospheric feel of that, but also incorporating more melody. They really like this Secret of Mana, things with interesting movement and progression and what they said was that they didn't want tracks to loop. So that was something that was a little bit different than other soundtracks I've worked on. So it, the pieces could actually have a, a sort of a structure and a flow, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I didn't have to worry so much about it kind of coming back to the exact same point that it started in 
because instead the game would sort of go through a little bit of a, a playlist depending on where you are in the game. And um, Jeff, since there was a lot of music needed, uh, my co-composer, Jeff Ball, we ended up splitting the work 50-50, and he, was, uh, he did an amazing job in that style, too. This is Thicket Prism from the mobile game Globulus. So let's talk about some of the bigger titles then, like Soul Calibur V. Can you talk to me about working on that project? Yeah, Soul Calibur, that was that was a fun one because how, how I got that was through my wife, actually, because she had already been tapped to work on it through the music supervisor, uh, Mr. Hiroaki Yura. And he did not know that I was a composer. So I think at one point she kind of insisted on me sending him some music. I was I was saying like kind of like, oh, he's working with you. I don't want to bother him, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, but she said, no, 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 send send your demo reel. So I did. And then he said, wow, this is great. Uh, would you like to contribute to the soundtrack? The music that they wanted kind of match, matches up with my style well. It's a fighting game, so naturally it's going to be high energy, very sort of driving. Um, and that's something I, I think I do well in most of my music. I like to have a, sort of an energetic rhythm. So it was a, there were a lot of composers on this project. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like that I was the only person. I think there were about five or six composers, some of whom did just a little, some of whom did more. I did about six or seven tracks worth. So, you know, a respectable contribution, but I was, I was by no means the only composer. That was the first soundtrack that I got to write for live orchestra. Here's Artificer's Fantasy from Soul Calibur V. worked with live musicians before but this i actually got to write for a full orchestra and choir so that was really cool i was i was very pleased to do that and i worked with a few friends to help orchestrate and make sure that this well i i did the orchestration myself but they helped put that into a into sheet music so they did that portion of the work but i mean i i did write the violins the violas the cellos everything so i i wrote that and then they took that and made it into readable sheet music, which is something I'm, I can do, but I'm not very fast at it. So it's good to have their help. Had you studied orchestration in college or you just gave it a go? I just gave it a go. I have very little traditional music training. I, I took about a year of music theory. So that, that's, that's sort of traditional. I took about a year of ear training. But beyond that, I haven't taken any composition courses. I haven't taken any uh, orchestration or anything like that. Uh, I'd like to at some point. I'd like to do maybe private lessons or something. But a lot of this stuff is I, I just listen to a lot of music and I do my best to make something that sounds good, like the music that I enjoy. Tell me more about the orchestra. Where, where did that recording happen? What was that process like? That was recorded by the Eminence Symphony Orchestra. So that is a, they do a lot of soundtrack work and it's sort of Hiroaki Yura's, um, it's, he heads it up. Um, so he was, he was the supervisor on the game and they're based in Australia. 
So it was a sort of a traditional scoring stage, and it was maybe a 60 or 70 piece orchestra. So pretty full, and they had a, a nice choir. All the sections were on point. You know, they'd recorded quite a bit on this soundtrack already, and quite a bit on other projects. I think they did some work for uh, Diablo 3, and I believe they also recorded for several uh, anime uh, theme songs and soundtracks. So they were very talented. This is Sleepless, an untamed beast from Soul Calibur V. On a side note, there was a there was a, a somewhat embarrassing moment, which I will, I will take partial partial blame for, but not not full blame. <laughs> where, as with many game projects, the timeline gets very compressed for audio, and we had delivered one of the pieces, and I, I think it was the final boss theme, and there, there was at one point the cellos were basically playing the same thing as the French horns, and they were they were matched, and that's I had written it that way. And I had orchestrated it that way. And then I think what happened was in the sheet music, the part was being, was copied, but they copied it into the wrong clef. Oh, no. So during the recordings, it was just for that one part. So during the session, it was really clashing. I remember getting a call at like 4 a.m. because they were recording in Australia. So the time was, oh, was off. Man. 4 a.m. They were saying, <laughs> what is going on? What did you write here? It's like, <laughs> it sounds terrible. I said, no, I swear I didn't. I, I swear it sounds good. So I had, um, it, was, it was it was definitely a, a little bit embarrassing. Thankfully, we got it fixed quickly. Once, once we realized what was going on, my friend uh, Will Roger, a fellow composer, um, I asked him to hop on the call. He has perfect pitch, so he was able to very quickly listen to everything at once and say, oh, well, that's your problem. The, the cellos are transposed wrong. So, so we got it fixed very quickly. But it just goes to show um, they actually, at, at the recording session, they they didn't have, normally they have somebody just doing one last kind of proofreading of the scores, oh. and they did not have anybody at that particular session doing that. So um, that's why I say I take partial blame. I, I should have proofread it myself, but they, they should have also proofread it. So tell me about how you met Jill, because is it true that you met through OC Remix? Yes, that is actually, that is totally true. Andrew's wife, Jillian Aversa, is a singer and composer, too. The first interaction I ever had with her was not a direct interaction. I was a judge on the site, so uh, evaluating submissions and basically saying, yes, I think this should be posted, or no, I think it could use some more work, and writing out critiques. And in 2004, we got a submission from somebody who had arranged the opera scene from Final Fantasy VI or III in the United States, and uh, Jill was the vocalist. Unbeknownst to me, she was not credited, if I recall correctly, and I distinctly remember, you can still read the vote today, I rejected it, <laughs> but I rejected it saying, wow, this vocalist is absolutely stunning and amazing, and you know, she's like Broadway quality, just 
absolutely superb, but everything else kind of isn't very good. <laughs> so, so she wasn't the she wasn't the arranger. Somebody else was uh, that she went to school with. So that was my first non-direct interaction. I didn't know who she was. Then the first time I met her was at the end of 2005. There was a community meetup in New York City, the first of what would be many, many more to come. So people from different areas of the Northeast basically met up in New York City to spend a day together and just sort of hang out, play video games, go have lunch and dinner together, and just, you know, generally kind of make new friends. And Jill went there, I went there, and we really hit it off. I'd say we became friends after just one meeting. You know, we, we were on the same wavelength. We liked <laughs> video game music, we liked Star Trek, and we, we spent like the whole day talking to each other. <laughs> and uh, not long after that, we moved to our respective states again. She had already been doing a podcast about Overclock Remix in the game music community called VGDJ. And at one point, they needed a new co-host for the show, and I don't remember why, because it wasn't my personality at the time, but I signed up for it. I said, sure, I will help out. Why not? And basically, as a result of doing that with her for months and months, um, we became closer still until eventually uh, we began dating in 2006. So that, that was basically the progression. But we, so it was entirely meeting through OCR and even becoming friends and uh, eventually boyfriend and girlfriend through OCR. <laughs> and now you, uh, you have quite a bit of music on SoundCloud that you've written that features her. And it's just, abs- I love it all. It's kind of like um, takes my ears on an adventure. There are so many layers going on in the background. And I just love listening to these songs that you've written unfold. So talk to me about collaborating with her and maybe how your style might have changed or adapted as a result of, you know, bringing this other musician into your world. We've collaborated sort of in, in, in maybe, I, I want to say about three different ways. The first way is mostly earlier on, I would write music and I'd maybe write a, a melody and then she'd say, you know, it would be great. You know, I think this could sound really nice with the vocal part. And I'd say, okay, sure. And, and she'd sort of write the lyrics and then record. So that was some of our earlier collaborations on, uh, I released an album in 2007 called Anti-Gravity. And that album had two tracks featuring her. And that's sort of how that collaboration worked. Later on, I would go into it with her voice in mind, thinking, I, you know, I want to have these ethereal melodies and I want to have, you know, uh, choral pads in the, in the piece and uh, different sort of operatic effects. So, so a mix of things. So she sings in a lot of different styles. Or in some cases, I wanted to have almost like an ethnic style singing, like um, Arabic style, which uh, she can actually do very convincingly. And so that that way is how I, on, that's how I prefer to work because that way we can collaborate. I can send her, I'll, I'll show her an instrumental or I'll send it or she'll just sit next to me and I'll say, well, what do you think of this? Is this in your range? And she'll say, well, why, why don't you change some of these notes? It's really a, a great process of going back and forth. That's very, very cool. It, it'd be like just having an editor who's your best friend. Yeah, it really is like that, yeah.
Andrew doesn't just compose, he also develops sounds that other composers can use. I co-founded a company that develops virtual instruments, sample libraries, back in 2008 with my friend who I mentioned, uh, Will Roger. And if I can just interrupt you for a moment, let's just say that in 2008, that was, I think, kind of forward thinking, because even though it was, that was like six years ago, (laughs) you know, so carry on. And that means you were pretty young, too, when you did this. Yes, I was a junior in college, um, and I, I spent my life savings at the time to uh, forward the fees to uh, record the instruments at the local studio at Drexel. And uh, since then, it has grown and developed and is now quite a... It's not that it's a big company in the sense of we have lots of employees, because it's basically just me and Will still, and some contractors, but it is pretty cool. Uh, a lot of composers are using these samples. You have about you know 12,000 people around the world. But just as an example, uh, Reaper of Souls, there's quite a bit of, of sounds I designed in that game. But not that, not that I worked on the game myself, but I worked on a sample library that was in turn purchased by um, one of the composers. for chatting with me today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Top Score, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. Check out some of our other programs like Home Dunk with John Moe or Secret Skin with Open Mike Eagle on Infinite Guest. You can visit infiniteguest.org. TopScore's production assistant is Pierce Huxtable, and Mark Hintz mixes each episode. TopScore is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. That's TopScore from American Public Media. I'm Emily Reese. <laughs>